It's the real Hip hop, hip hop. Peace. This is Sharon Shabazz, and you're listening to the Real Hip Hop.com podcast. On this episode, I talk to She Rose. She Rose is fairly new to MCing, but not new to hip hop. Coming from a B girl background, She Rose has also been an executive behind the scenes before becoming an MC. Her debut album is a 16 track release titled We Rise that celebrates women in the world of hip hop. In this episode, I talked to She Rose about the creative connection she has with her husband and fellow MC Artson, her father's escape from communism during the Cuban Revolution, and her new album, We Rise. Now, you've been around hip hop for a while. Why did you decide to get on the mic and do an album now? Uh, thanks so much for asking. Um, yeah, so I've been around hip hop since, uh, you know, actively in hip hop culture, starting with the hip hop collective since late 90s. Um, I would say that this album came out when it really needed to come out. Um, I was someone that always saw myself in music, but really more behind the scenes as something that I just really loved participating in and helping others really master their craft. But um, I think like a lot of other people in in the midst of the pandemic, um, we kind of started to come to face with maybe different things that we were witnessing and how we really felt about them um, and, uh, and things that were maybe going on with us at a more internal level that we needed to come to, to, to reckon with, right? And I think that those were a lot of the things that were going on. Um, you know, for me, I also am the founder of the Shiro Collective, which is a nonprofit that is geared towards, um, you know, cultural advocacy and economic empowerment. And, um, and I was working with some of the other nonprofit organizations in the middle of everything that happened in 2020 at a social level. And, um, and just like hearing, being so ingrained and, and everyone just kind of having all those emotions bubble up, my my emotions also kind of came to the fold in different things that I think I thought I'd made peace with at different points in my life. Um, I realized that I needed to kind of like reface, but it wasn't like just refacing for myself. It was this collective experience. And so from that, um, what I found was even though breaking and dance had always been my outlet, that just suddenly wasn't enough anymore. You know, I felt like I had things that I needed to get off my chest and not even just for myself, but for other women, other members of the community that were out there. Um, and so by far, 2021 was one of my toughest years, emotionally, I want to say. And um, and I'm just really grateful that I had access uh, to music and to people that could really help me produce an album at the at the level of quality that um, that would have been important for me to ever decide that I was going to release something on my own. So, so that's a little bit of the genesis behind the album and, and maybe why it took me so long. But I would also say um, releasing it at this stage in the game where I've been around music for a long time and the wisdom that comes um, with where I am at this stage in my life, I feel like the album came through when it needed to come through. So, Okay. So why'd you title the album We Rise? 
The album is called We Rise because I think that it's um, it's kind of like what I said, right? I think that for me, it's it was really about the era that we're in, um, the collective of women that I'm around. Um, when when I when we stepped out with the name Shiro's, for me, it's it, it was a name that I really felt like I had to kind of live up to. But I also think of Shiro's as the collective she, um, and then you can kind of see how that leads to. She rose, that collective she, we rise together. This is our time. Um, I think that uh, women have progressively in the last couple of years really been part of some of the major movements um, in bringing more equity to the world that we live in and to taking a bigger stand. So um, a lot of the songs are really very much about that, like us coming together, owning our power, um, being our authentic selves unapologetically. So it really is a rallying cry to women all around the world um, to rise up together, to support each other. Um, and even in ways that maybe we haven't done so in the past, kind of put away, you know, things that that may have come up, maybe, you know, things around women feeling like they had to compete with each other for different things, or this idea that if one woman makes it, that automatically means that other women can't and and just really own this time. Like we can make this time whatever we want, but really that's the intention is just to say, this is our time. So let's, let's come together and do this together and make the world that we want together. Okay. Now your husband is an MC art sign. Uh, what tips did he give you about approaching this project? Well, to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't have done the project without him. Like I said, I was someone that was always working with him behind the scenes and really helping him to develop his his music um, and, and really like where he wanted to take it on his own. Um, I did at one point in the pandemic feel like I just wanted to record a couple of tracks just to hear what I could produce at a certain level of quality. But for me, it was supposed to just be like, you know, um, almost like blowing off steam kind of a thing, right? Like, you know, drop a track here or there on SoundCloud and be good, but still continue to focus on all the things that I have. And um, after I released a couple of tracks in 2020, um, Artson is really the one that kind of nudged me and pushed me to say, you know what, um, this is all fine and well and, and cute and everything, but, you know, you should challenge yourself to do an entire project. Um, and at the time, the initial thinking was, is that, it would just be an EP. It would just be a quick five songs. Um, but I approached it the same way I do everything. Um, there were a couple of things that, that that happened, like some catalytic moments in in terms of seeing what was happening around our community, specifically around women, specifically things that were happening um, to the Asian community at the time that really fired me up, you know, and, and um, you know, certain things that were happening in uh, at an economic level that just had me fired up. So that, okay, I'll do that five song EP turned into let's just do the damn thing. Right. And, um, and he's, he's instrumental to everything I do. He's my, um, my first sounding board. And, um, you know, what I'm grateful for is that I know that I can always count on him to be really honest with me and, um, help me ensure that anything that I create and produce and release into the world meets that level of quality that I, I always hold myself to in, in everything that I do in the same level that I would want um, that that we've created for for his music, so you know, when I would come up with concepts, when I had the the collection of of, of different topics that I wanted to come up uh, and represent in the album, um, we reviewed that. We collaborated with B Boy Wicked as we have, um, you know, in the past. And every single time I 
wrote a song. He was the first person to hear what I wrote. Every single time we got a beat back from Wicked, um, same thing. We listened to it together. Um, he was with me in the studio all the time. So, um, so it, it was a really smooth process. Um, I was always kind of really apprehensive that I would get more more pushback or, or more critique than I did. Um, so that was really assuring as well. Um, but again, I, I wouldn't be here without him um, throughout the entire process, like literally from the A to the Z, he's been with me 110%. So in terms of like what tips did he give me, it was really, I think probably more um, to believe in myself and, um, you know, like just some of the technicalities around writing, right? So um, if he thought a a verse could be a a little bit tighter or I could be a bit more succinct in what I was saying, um, if if I needed to project more, those, those kinds of technical things, he was also the one to really guide me through that. And just, you know, whether it was now we're moving into performances. So same thing. Um, he's, he's my ride or die in, in literally everything. So, and, and I'm so, I'm blessed to have him. And um, I just think it's taken our creative collaboration to a whole other level. So. The song I'm the one has, has some classic hardcore breaks and samples, but the lyrics are kind of sexual. Um, why did you choose to tackle that beat with that subject matter? I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Take a step back, I'm about to take my time. Sit down, rewind, cause it's gonna come quick. Double check your light, you will wanna take a flick Cause I'm sick, when I swivel and dip Swerving in the whip, every time I take a sip I get nasty, make you wanna call me candy Cause I'm fancy Yeah, free in my mind, never miss a line Straight from Zion and I, fly as I am high Come on, take a ride, I'm a hell of a trip You and me, son, let me nip on your lips Find me in the room, push it deep in my hips Take it real slow so my soul get fixed I got 99 pounds but no to run No time for games I'm the one Got it. And so you're primarily talking about the the first verse on that. Um, The way that that kind of comes up for me is I'm someone who comes from, I was raised to kind of, um, you know, always be a lady. Right. And, um, and so there are certain things that, that you didn't talk about. I'm Cuban, I'm Filipino. And so this idea of, you know, virtuous womanhood was always kind of deeply instilled in me. And, and like I said, the album for me was very much about owning every layer of womanhood. Um, and me writing that song, you know, in a way was very much me claiming the right to be a sexual being and to not approach it from like, you know, um, being a, a wallflower waiting for someone to, to come in and, and um, you know, pay attention to me or, um, or come in and court me. But for me to be able to just own, hey, you know, I too have a sexual presence. I have a sexual energy and I can just, you know, if, if I see something that I want or there's something that I need in this moment. A lot of that song, too, again, think about the pandemic. It was in the midst of the chaos, you know, just needing that physicality um, in the moment to get past what was what was going on to feel that closeness to somebody so that's that's a lot of what the first verse is about um the second verse kind of takes you a little bit more through 
my family's history. And again, this notion of, you know, a lot of people that that might know me previously always think about me as that, that supportive person in the community, that low-key chick, you know, who's, um, who's just always got a, a smile and supportive word for everybody. But there's a bit of don't get it twisted. You know, like my family has come from some things and I've experienced some things in my life, you know, like don't ever confuse my kindness with weakness because, you know, um, there's, there's, there's grit and there's, there's power in, behind me, you know? So, so that's what the second verse is, is really about. So, like I said, it, it's really about owning the strength of my femininity and embracing you know, those sides of myself that typically other people don't always see, you know, and and like I said, it's just a matter of saying, like, I demand my respect, and I demand to just be who I am when I feel like I want to be who I am. Okay. Um, the single Hold Me Down is an optimistic song. Was there a specific situation that inspired you to write that song? To be perfectly honest, the 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 original um, scratch track that I did for that, um, probably the tone of it probably sounded more angry than optimistic. We'll say, um, let's just say I, I had cooled down a little bit by the time I actually went into the the studio to record that track. Um, yeah, I would say that there was um, there was like I said, certain things that were happening around. Um, uh, just the Asian community at that time. There were certain things that I've experienced um, in at a career level as well, where you know you feel like again, always being the good, the righteous individual, always coming correct in everything that you do, and you know uh, whether it's community work or other things. Because I've, I've dealt with this, you know, working with uh, with with different organizations in the community as well, where you know I I've spent a lot of time honing my my craft and my skills from from a to z whatever i do and you know for for people to still not respect the level of it you know uh, for people to still kind of brush certain things aside um you know i wrote that track initially i was crying mad that day you know just feeling like um i was being patronized you know uh feeling like people were ghosting me when i was actually someone who was um, supporting their agenda. Right. And, um, and really like that song is about 
recognizing that as angry as we can be at, at any given moment, that, you know, we still have to kind of find that moment of clarity and, and find a way to push through those scenarios in a productive way, you know, um, and, and that's what that song is about. And it's, it's, it's owning your own power, um, learning to just advocate for yourself, which a lot of the times folks from our community struggle with, you know, like productively, like I said, there's one thing to feel emotional. It's another thing to take that emotion and channel it in a way that's going to be able to get across. I always tell people, you know, um, you got to understand the system to beat the system, you know, and very often if you want to change the system, you have to have beat the system. Um, And then the other thing too, is just like recognizing, you know, when you're willing to advocate for yourself, sometimes you have to be willing to let people know that like, you will walk away if you need to walk away. And, and sometimes we need to be willing to do that. Sometimes we need to be able to take a step outside of our comfort zone, you know, and take certain risks, even if that means that, you know, walking away to start something better, you know? Um, so, so that's kind of the, the, the genesis behind that track. Okay. Um, on the song Ancestros, you, you, you speak about your father's story in Cuba during the revolution. Uh, did living under communism propel him to join the military to fight in Vietnam? And do you know if his opinion on the fight against communism changed over time? Yeah, so that song is 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 deep. Um, I think that um, you can't live through an experience like that and not be permanently affected, and for generations to come to not be permanently affected by that. So, um, like I say in the song, he um, he he was too young to fight for his country when it happened. He was about ten years old you know, when, when the revolution started, I want to say it was maybe about 12 when he left. And, you know, as a child, he always loved his homeland very much. Like his family actually 
you know, um, like like everybody else on the island, they were very much in favor of the overthrow of Batista at the time. And then, you know, at, at certain points, um, you know, once the regime was overthrown, certain things started happening. And, you know, there were even various members of our family that, as the hear my father tell it, were actually murdered um, to cover up, you know, um, some of the activities that, that were going on. So they had, at that point is when my family, my father's family started to, you know, make plans to get out of the country. And they started by sending um, my father and his sister first with one of their aunts, um, our tia Tata. So, you know, um, my father is someone who believes very much in integrity and in honor. He's, he's kind of like a very, very old soul, you know, um, believes in family. And, um, and so granted, like keep in mind when he was, he always kind of felt like he owed a, a debt of gratitude to the United States for having accepted him and his family, um, you know, after, uh, after the revolution and, um, and keep in mind at the time as well, there was the draft happening around Vietnam. So my father, you know, much to this dismay of his, you know, mother, um, I think that at one point they probably were telling him to go to Spain, you know, um, instead, but he very much felt like, you know, he owed it. Um, and I think that he was just someone that really wanted to make a difference. He wanted to fight for all the things that in his mind, America stood for, right? And um, that being said, um, his role in, in, in the Vietnam War, he was actually stationed in the Philippines where he mentioned my mom. So there's still things that he very much feels like he he's talked about the guilt of feeling like, you know, they were the ones that were loading the aircrafts. And sometimes those aircrafts, you know, were, were, were carrying weapons. Sometimes those aircrafts were carrying bodies. Sometimes those aircrafts were carrying, you know, refugees from the evacuation of Saigon. And just the feeling that he had at that point even of, you know, all of these Vietnamese were our allies and then we just pulled out, out of nowhere and, you know, trying to just rescue as many as you could at the time. So I know he had a lot of heartache um, around that, but again, you know, he still continued to believe in that vision of what America stood for around the world or what he thought it stood for. Now, fast forward to last year when I wrote this track, um, there were actually protests happening in Cuba. Um, and, um, you know, of course, depending on what news source you listen to, they'll tell you um, what it was about a little bit differently. But, you know, as Cubans, we recognize that it really was very much about the lack of freedom in uh, on the island and the suppression that was still continuing. Um, now, he was very much affected by those protests and feeling like you know, no one is helping them. And at the same time, there was also the withdrawal from Afghanistan, which for him just brought, it was like these flashbacks of, of seeing what had happened in Vietnam all over again. And that was very difficult for my father to see. And I would say that at that point, you know, he's, he's you know, he's in his seventies now, right? So of course he's reflecting a lot on life and, um, you know, he still very much loves this country and what this country stands for, but whether or not he has faith, the same faith in the systems, the powers that be, you know, is is maybe shifting and changing. And, and you know, I, I actually have started to work on a documentary series through my nonprofit called uh, Rooted is the name of the project, where I actually went and sat with my dad and my mother and documented the, the story of their lives. And, and I, I really kind of sat down with my dad to ask some of these, these kinds of questions and, um, 
what he told me, you know, his message to the world at this point is, uh, he kind of quoted an old saying that they had in the military, which is don't wait for Willie, meaning don't wait for somebody else to come save you. You know, if you're not willing to do for yourself, to fight for yourself, you know, to fight for your own freedoms, you know, don't expect anyone to come save you because, you know, at this point to hear my father tell it, and this is where his disillusionment starts to settle in is unless there's money involved, unless there's resources involved, you know, and that could go either way, you know, we got to be in it for ourselves. Right. And so he's still someone that believes that, you know, we should always think community first. We should always think beyond ourselves and, you know, community nation, whatever you want to call it. So he still he still has that very, you know, deep, deep tie to like honor and, and integrity. Those are still his values. But like I said, I think what I see shifting in him is, you know, how much faith he's putting, just like everybody else, how much faith he puts in the systems that be. And that's probably why I do a lot of the things that I do now, right? Like, you know, I do for myself, I do for my community. So in, in many ways, like that's, that is my own way of carrying on my father's legacy and the things that he taught me and the things that he stood for, he stands for. Hmm. Has he ever gone back? To Cuba? Yeah. No, he hasn't gone back. Um, I had an opportunity to go back in the early 2000s, uh, which I write about in uh, in Ancestros. Um, so the first verse of that song is about his experiences. The second is about what I saw when I was there. But he hasn't gone back because, um, you know, he he feels like there's potentially some safety concerns. Again, he served the U.S. Air Force for a very long time, um, and some of the things that he, um, some of the information, some of the things that he did were, of course, in the protection of the United States. The Cuban regime, the United States, you know, they are not allies, right? So he he strongly believes that he would be putting himself at risk if he ever went back. Okay. Now, um, proceeds from the sale of the album go to help various charities. Which charities will benefit from the sale of We Rise? Yeah. So there is a, an organization called No Easy Props. Uh, which is led by Asia One. And again, she is someone who is just uh, an icon in the world of breaking and in hip hop. So she's one of the organizations that I have worked with over the last couple of years. Um, again, someone who is a huge icon to me. So um, I look forward to helping to partnering with her. There's actually a group of um, refugees from Afghanistan that right now they're working on helping to um, provide aid to and uh, provide support to as they try to relocate them. Um, I also have my nonprofit, which is the Shira Collective, and we focus on cultural advocacy uh, as well as economic empowerment. And what I want to do is more community research um, that helps us better understand the needs and the interests, um, you know, where mentorship is needed, where career opportunities are needed, um, and to be able to help inform them um, so that we have a better understanding of the kinds of organizations, brands, companies that we want to partner with that actually have, um, you know, uh, like-minded values and principles that um, are supporting our community in the way that we want. Um, And there's a couple of organizations that I'd like to work with as well that, you know, it's still pretty open. Um, There's another organization called Child of This Culture, also a nonprofit um, 
that is uh, based in breaking and, and the breaking community internationally. Um, those are, are some of the ones that are kind of like top tier for me right now that I've already established with. But I look forward to building other relationships as well. Okay. Who is the We Rise album made for? The We Rise album is dedicated in in my mind um, really to women around the world, to um, members of the BIPOC community around the world. Um, I think that there's songs that um, we can all very much relate to. Again, experiences of, um, of, of those moments where we feel like we need to overcome moments where we need to kind of, you know, uh, sum up all of our internal strength, moments that we want to celebrate, moments that we want to celebrate our culture and our heritage and come together. Um, but like I said, I, I feel like it's something that represents not just my personal experiences, but actually collective experience through my own personal filter. So it's it's dedicated to all the women around the world, again, um, members of the bike pop community as well. And I hope that folks really resonate with it, that it touches them on a personal level and that they feel empowered by it. That's my, that's my deepest wish. Perfect. All right. She Rose, thank you for joining the realhiphop.com podcast. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. No doubt. Thank you. Peace, bro. Peace. The real hip hop MCing and DJing from your own mind, you know? I just right now we should start the show.